Hey, this is Wesley. Hey, this is Josh. And you are listening to the Family Blueprint Podcast. We're equipping the families to be all that God has called them to be. Welcome to another episode of the Family Blueprint Podcast. Uh, We are off location again today, um, but we are in a very familiar house. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are in the home of Ken and Kathy Wilson. Um, Ken and Kathy are an awesome couple. Is there? We love them to death. They're actually my BFG teachers, and so I get to interact with them uh, weekly at least, and uh, they, they help out with Lucy too, so... I'm super thankful for them. They're great. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah th- this feels like coming home to me because it's, it's a long story, but we lived with the Wilsons for about a month and a half. So it's yeah. like coming home to our dining room table here and you know, seeing them at breakfast. So this is great. So yeah. thank you guys for opening up your home to us. It's a homecoming. Homecoming. That's right. That's a good word. Yeah. So um, this month, the, the month of February, we have Valentine's Day. And so you talk about love and well, really, we know that a devoted follower of Jesus is to have healthy relationships um, to, to God first and foremost as as Redeemer, as Savior, as Lord, then also to have healthy relationships with one another and also to know how to relate to ourselves properly, to know who God created us to be and, and be at peace with ourselves. So this month we wanted to focus on relationships and both the gift of marriage and the gift of singleness. Uh, how specifically does God give us these gifts and, and what blessings do we receive from those uh, as a part of our relationship? So, um, or as a part of his blueprint for our lives, rather. So what we're doing for this podcast is we're talking to Ken and Kathy for the first half uh, about the gift of marriage and specifically what that means to them. And then we're going to talk to Kaylin Eskridge, uh, one of our other awesome ladies at our church, and we're going to talk to her about the gift of singleness. We're going to ask pretty much the same questions, and we're going to see how these different unique gifts can be used for God's glory in the in these different families. So we're really excited about this. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Ken and Kathy, how has marriage been a blessing to you personally? One of the things that, that I feel is that being blessed with someone who prays for me every day and wants me to be more like Jesus, not so that life will be easier for her, but because she loves me so much. Yeah. And um you know, a second thing, that, as, as I was thinking about this, has to do with accountability. And I know that we all know the value of an accountability partner to help us with our spiritual walk. Um, but if you have an accountability partner who's not only helping you by asking questions and following up with you, but is also providing an active example of a person who's trying to be more like Jesus every day, just really is a... It's sort of like a two-for-one two kind of accountability partner. So yeah. <laughs> a couple ways for me that marriage has been a blessing. That's great. What about you, Kathy? How has marriage been? I mean, marriage to Ken has got to be awesome. How has it been a blessing <laughs> yes. to you? It's definitely um, different. <laughs> Real time. <laughs> so I just, uh, a lot of times, you know, people are like, what does this mean to you and what is you know, mean you think it means to others, and how is it a blessing to you? And I always look at, you know, how do we apply everything that the Lord has given us to our lives and make it real? So um, when I first saw this question, I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about things for me. But when I look at day-to-day life, I see like, you know, He's there. If something happens, yeah. you know, I go to the Lord and I go to Ken and it can be, I need you to pray for this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know he understands who I am and where I'm coming from. 
and he knows how to pray for me best. Yeah. Um, and he's just, it's a blessing because, you know, the Lord has given him to me and um, he holds okay. me accountable and, you know, challenges me. And if I see him reading his Bible, I'm like, oh, he's ahead of me today. <laughs> um, you know, but it's spurs just, you it's just, yeah, it spurs you on. It's just, yeah. it's a, it is truly is a covenant relationship and, you know, just a model for the Lord. That's awesome. Like, why are you guys were saying that? I was thinking, I don't know if you've heard the song called, um, my One Safe Place by Andrew Peterson. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Like, there's a line that goes, like, he, he's wrote this song for his wife, and the line goes, you are my, you are my oasis, the eye in the hurricane. Mm-hmm. One look at your face is all I need to remember my name. And that's just, I think that's mm-hmm. a testimony of the, of the good of having a partner like that, like someone to go through life's highs and life's lows like that's that's what those vows are for yeah. uh, to remember yeah that covenant love that like as you said to be known and to know mm-hmm. like he knows where you're coming from yeah. um what what a gift that is to be known by somebody like that and then um to see the heart of christ in him and not only the best right but also the worst, mm-hmm. <laughs> also the worst. it's all included yeah, um yeah so kind of coming from that you know we're thinking about these three different spheres of how we relate so we relate to ourselves we relate to God and we relate to others Um, and so I can speak a little bit to this about you guys because you teach our BFG you teach our young married uh, BFG but um, how has uh, your marriage been a blessing to others and maybe I'll follow up a little bit after your answer so that, to me that can come off as prideful so. <laughs> um, but I look at like you know we're able to just disciple or meet with so many um, younger adults and you know college and young marrieds and with me I disciple some different young women's and, and young women and uh, I love working with moms of young children and just being able to meet with them and just see their hearts or help them out and um, I think it's a blessing when they can call and say, hey, you know, can you help me do this? Or you, can you give me guidance here? Um, and then just to get into the Word with them. Yeah. And, you know, talk about, well, let's just see what the Lord has to say about this. And, yeah. you know, how is, in your prayer time, how is He guiding you? So, um, I don't know. That's what I would say, I guess. Mm-hmm. How, now, how long have you guys been married? 35 years. 35 years. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Look at that. He went up to you again, Kathy. Yeah. Reading really? your Bible ahead of her and trying to just get on the back, man, number. will you? Well, not quite. February 24th will be 35 and a half. <laughs> He's off a week. Yeah. That's true. What about, what about you, Ken? So I think we really complement each other uh, well. And I, I think uh, even when we get to help out in the nursery, Kathy, of course, wants to do bed babies. And for various reasons, I don't want to do bed babies. I like to do the little four-year-olds so I can get oh, the okay. four with them and play. Yeah. So sure. it's just, uh, I, I really think we complement each other well. And I um, I think God's really allowed us uh, to, to use our marriage to reflect his love. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Pastor Bobby Blanton, a couple weeks ago, you know, said that our love in action shows our love for God. Yeah. And, and I think that through our marriage, I, I hope and pray that we reflected God's love for us. And... Um, we just feel so fortunate to have great people to work with and, and play with and get to know better. So Yeah, and, and you guys have been an awesome example for me and Ashley. Like, we just celebrated our fifth year. So we're, 
we're new, you know. It, it, and some days it feels like that's been a long time, and other days it feels like it was yesterday we got married. Um, but it's awesome to see you guys, how you love your girls, how you love each other, um, and how you really want to to help others grow in that kind of love. Yeah. So the the last question we we've, we've co- we're covering the the three relational spheres, right? So um, how has marriage been a blessing to you personally? How has your marriage been a blessing to others? But then how has your marriage helped you grow in your relationship to Jesus? So you personally, how have you grown spiritually through the last 35 and a half years? So I was sharing with someone the other day that I have a, a super wife. And I, those of you who know her really understand how special she is. And I, uh, I feel very fortunate at times and overwhelmed. But uh, she loves me so much, even when I'm not lovable, which is... Uh, uh, more than it Never. should be. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I've gotten pretty good at detect, detecting when she's starting to get frustrated with me. So I, I think I frustrate her less now than I used to because I am getting more sensitive. Wisdom. Um, but, you know, one of the things is that is that even when all that goes on and, and, and things aren't perfect, I, I see that she loves me. And and then I, it dawns on me that as great as her love is for me... Um, it falls short of the incredible love that Jesus has for us. And um, it just really inspires me uh, when I see her, because I see her reading her Bible all the time. It actually inspires me to uh, not catch up, because I know I can't, um, especially when it comes to scripture memorization, mm-hmm. but, it, but it still is that, uh, that drive to, um, to want to spend time with Jesus and increase in that relationship. So, Thanks, Kathy. That's great. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> but I, I guess if you looked at, like, you know, from when we got really plugged into the church and involved and, you know, just still chasing life and both working and busy. Um, but we had, you know, people we looked up to and what they were doing in life. And it's like, it was a model. And it's like, oh, we'll never be there. But then you see where you strive. You want to you wanna know the Lord more and you want to grow more. So... I'll do a study and then I'll just ask him a question off the top of my, he's like, where's that coming from? And it's like, I'm in the study. And then he starts reading something else. And I'm like, I found this commentary or listen to this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, from there, it just, before you know it, your discussions are centered more around the Lord and, you know, what you read today or how you see him working. And it's helped us become more aware of, you know, what is he showing about loving your neighbor, you know? A lot of times people won't, won't help until they pray about something. and You know, there are things we do need to pray about, but when somebody needs help and they call and say, hey, this person needs something, you know, if it's a need that's right then, you don't need to pray about that. God has laid that on what is the right thing. And I know, and, and Ken does the same thing, like he'll come home, hey, I gave somebody so-and-so, or I did this for so-and-so, and I'm like, hey, I told so-and-so they could come live with us. <laughs> so, um, and it's so okay, tough. because, you know, we've grown so much in our walk with the Lord that, you know, we trust each other, that the Holy Spirit, you know, he led us to make that decision and to do that, and it, it's just nice to see, and you know, to model that for other people as well. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so I work in kids' ministry, right? And in a lot of the lessons that I do, it's just good to have an object lesson to connect <laughs> the main point to, to, uh, to what's going on. And in Ephesians 5, we see that, G, that God has given us an object lesson of his love for the church, and that's in marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I thank you guys for, um, for, for living that out and for showing that. But if you could go back, 
35 and a half years. Um, and talk to Ken and Kathy coming out the chapel, going to their car. What would be, um, what would you tell them? What's some advice you might give them? Uh, what might you say to them? So the first thing I thought of was don't save the cake because it tastes terrible. And then Ken told me what he wrote down. I was like, oh yeah, I was supposed to be thinking of this from a different perspective. That's really good advice, actually. So we saved our cake. But I think we ate a lot the next week. <laughs> that was a good move. Because yeah. ours moved 10 hours yeah. in the back of a U-Haul. And then mm-hmm. we stuck it in a freezer. And then we got it out. And it was like, whoo, it was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, but, I mean, one of the things I wrote down is, you're young. Well, we were young when we got married and starting careers. And yep. I was still in school, but um, college. Um, but I would say, like, you know, don't think you got to work. 15 hours a day, seven days a week, and miss out on that time that you have together. and um, Because that work is never going to go away. No matter what your job position is, there's always something stressful, somebody upset about something, and then sure. you bring it home. And if you're worn out and stressed out, you, you can't spend time together. Um, and, you know, just, it's easy the first few years, when you, especially when you don't have children, but to, um, you know, go out and do things together. But as you go through life, you know, plan to be intentional, you know, with your husband or wife and yeah. make those date nights special. And, um, you know, I, when, before pandemic, mm-hmm. we posted every week date night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's been a little bit harder now. So, you know, it's sitting and we'll pick a movie out or something to watch on TV. Yeah. Just be intentional. Yeah, that's good. So you guys still go on dates today? Yeah, we just went on one the other night. Tell you what, 35 and a half years still dating each other. That's, That's right. a good. That's a good That's lesson good. for us all. That's good. Hey, so Kathy used the word intentional, and, and, and I think that's a good word because you have to be intentional as you start working in hobbies and the kids, making sure you have that time. And um, one of the things that, that I was thinking about is just not to overlook that awesomeness um, you know, that, that God's giving you somebody to spend your life with. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then another thing that I was thinking about is spending time together. And, and Kathy and I have been on mission trips. Uh, never forget, we went to San Diego and put a roof on a church. And if you ever have to do any roofing, San Diego near the beach is the perfect place to put a roof on a house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we've done that. And, and, and something we started recently is Bible Recap. She did it last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started in the New Testament in October with her. And, and then this year we're doing it. And it's it's fun to talk back and forth about what we read or what Tara Lee said and discuss it. It's just, um, as Kathy said earlier, the more time you spend with God, then you start making that as part of your conversation and just your life and, and building each other up. So, mm-hmm. so just don't forget that God giving you not only his love, but a wonderful person to spend with is, is, is what I would leave, you know, the people with. So that's good. So I, I recently had a conversation, and when you guys were saying it, it brought that right back to mind. So I met with a, a professor yesterday, and, and me and him meet together like once a semester just to catch up with stuff. And uh, we were talking, and he was telling me that he can remember like day-to-day what he did in like sixth grade or like 10th grade. <laughs> but from, from 20 on... He can't. He doesn't have that kind of memory, and he was really bothered by that because he would see videos of his kids, and he was like, "I know I was there, but I don't remember 
them sounding like that or, or having those kind of phrases to say. And he was thinking, you know, why, why is that? Why can't I remember this particular day, like almost hour to hour in sixth grade? And why can't I remember what my kids said when they were, they were three years old? He said, well, when I was 20, I started in the school track. And then it was always looking ahead to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And I was never there in the moment. I was mm-hmm. never intentionally there. Um, so I think that's a really good word. I think that's a really good word for me today. So I thank you guys for living that out for sure. Yeah. yeah it's, there's always going to be that next thing. There's always going to be there that is. work project. But you know, it sounds like in your marriage, God's taught you to slow down, take time to be together. Um, to make time for the most important things. Yeah, that's that is a really good word. I'm just so thankful for our church family and and so many gifted people, whether single or, or married. Um, the wisdom that we are able to share with one another from the word it's it's a beautiful thing. So yeah. thank you, guys. Um, thank you so much for being here, Ken and Kathy. Thank and, you. Thanks. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll be at your kitchen table again sometime <laughs> soon. Um, you know, maybe we'll bring it's you back for a podcast. There. You guys are just oozing, oozing wisdom here, as we knew you would. Um, so we'll we'll talk to Kaylin Eskridge in, in just a second here and about her gift of singleness and how she uses that uh, for God's glory. But before we do that, we'll we'll take kind of a brief intermission with Pastor Mike Cooper, who is going to start giving us mission updates on what God's doing around our church. And we want to encourage the saints with... Um, how God is using all of our themes, the family blueprint, and you know, daily Bible recap. How is God growing our church um, to look like Jesus in our day-to-day lives? So we'll go over to Mike. With the magic of editing, I'm here now. It's me, Mike, um, bringing you your missions update or moment. And just wanted to, just like I said previously, shout out the, the local mission stuff that we're doing in our area. If you're unaware, you can go to salem-bc.org slash local-missions-volunteer-opportunities the longest URL ever. Good luck plugging that in correctly, but uh, you can find it on our website and it'll tell you all about the things I'm about to tell you and give you some links. Um, So if you're not aware, every, I think it's third and fourth Friday of the month, uh, a group gathers at Debbie Barnes' house and they they put together some produce bags and uh, they take it over to West Haven Apartments and they just deliver groceries and to help those in need. And if you want to help with the packaging of the produce or the delivering, you're welcome to do that. Just go to the URL, the really long one that I mentioned, uh, and go on the Sign Up Genius. And likewise, Tuesday nights, we, we have a group that goes over to West Haven and just hangs out with kids. It's called Tuesdays on the Block and they go and they... Um, hang out with kids, they eat some snacks, they play games, they talk about the Bible. It's an awesome way for us to love on the kids in that area. And really, hopefully, those kids will fall in love with Jesus and then take that home to their parents. And the last thing that we do is on Thursdays, uh, another group goes to West Haven and we do a thing called uh, Teens Club. And that used to meet here at the church, but now because of COVID, we're meeting in a parking lot. And that's the way COVID does things. But Really awesome opportunities for you to get involved in if you want to know more. Mm-hmm. Uh, just email me or go to that really long URL, which I'll say it again in case you really need it. It's salem-bc.org slash local-missions-volunteer-opportunities. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Thank you, Salem, for serving our community well, sharing the love of Jesus. And we have a special guest on the podcast today in addition to Mike. Two brand new guests to the podcast. Like, we're overwhelmed here with awesomeness. 
<laughs> you definitely, definitely are. <laughs> Kaylin Eskridge is joining us on our podcast about relationships and how God has uniquely gifted us in, in uh, relationships. Mike, how, how do we introduce Kaylin in, in a fitting, proper, epic way? Honestly, I feel like that giggle was the perfect way to introduce <laughs> Kaylin. Like, if you were like, you hear the giggle and you're like, that's Kaylin. Yep. Um, man, Kaylin's awesome girl who really loves Jesus, have the privilege of knowing her since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we just cool. discussed how we were friends who hung out because we had friends who hung out together. <laughs> yep. uh, and and because of the grace of the Lord, now we're really close friends who hang out willingly. Um, so she's an awesome girl who just, it's evident that she loves Jesus and she uses um, the gifts that God has given her to serve the Lord. And so what better person to have on a podcast? Thank you. Yep. I'm happy to be here. I agree. Couldn't think of a better person to ask about what God's doing in your life. And can I just say, I think it's really cool how God brings students up through our student ministry, and mm-hmm. then they stick around Salem and enjoy connecting and serving, and now on staff or, or leading another uh, discipleship ministries and classes. So, Kaylin, mm-hmm. specifically, we could talk about all kinds of things. We'd be here the rest of the day. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I could go 24 hours straight probably talking without a breath. We'll probably have to have you back yeah. uh, for another podcast in the future. <laughs> but for this one specifically, talking about relationships, mm-hmm. we just talked to Ken and Kathy about the gift of marriage mm-hmm. and what that means to their relationship to Jesus, to others, and, and to them personally in their spiritual walk. So let me ask you, how has singleness helped you grow in your relationship with Jesus? Yeah, well, um, to start off, off, I would preface um, saying that I am now officially in my late 20s and have been on exactly one date mm-hmm. my whole life. So uh, I am an expert on singleness, I think. Uh, <laughs> very acquainted with the, the gift and the stage of life. Um, so when I think about what my life I mean, God has told me so much about himself in so many different ways. Um, but when I think about my singleness in relation to that, I think a lot about uh, sacrifice and um, really relying on God. When I was five years old, my little sister was born. And uh, it was at that moment I decided I wanted to be a wife and a mother, you know, right then. So <laughs> singleness was not on my radar in any way, shape, or form. Um Growing up, my favorite type of movies were chick flicks uh, with the sappiest romance. Mm -hmm. Hallmark Channel is my favorite place around Christmas time. Um, (laughs) So I am geared towards not being single. And yet here I am, 28 years old, uh, still single, and I'm okay. And a lot of it is because of what God has taught me about himself. Um, I think that... A lot of times when we grow up, especially as young women, the idea of a relationship is very attractive, um, wanting to be wanted and loved and appreciated and doted on and cared for by someone else is something that we dream about. Um, And when I was in high school, Uh, my singleness was a huge issue between me and God because 
I think subconsciously, a lot of times growing up in church, we get this idea that if we are like God, if we serve God, if we do all the right things, then God will give us what we want, which in my case, and in the case of many of my friends at the time, was a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mr. Right. Oh, yes. A boyfriend that would lead to a husband that would lead to our, you know, two kids plus our, you know, two pets and our picket fence and everything. And um, in high school, that didn't happen for me. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to college. I'll meet someone in college. I'll have college whirlwind romance. We'll get married when we graduate college. It'll be beautiful. Um, And it was in college that God really showed me that... That idea of a relationship, of a marriage, had become an idol for me. That that was more important to me. I was serving God, uh, not fully, but in some, in some small part of me was serving God so he would give me what I wanted, which was that marriage. And when I graduated from college, I really had to um, give that up to God in a, in a really personal way saying that, you know, God, we, I was on a call, a retreat with the college ministry I was a part of at the time, and we studied the story of Abraham um, taking Isaac up to be sacrificed. And the question was posed to us, you know, what are you holding on to that God is asking you to give up? And for me, it was that marriage, that idea of finding that perfect man who would, um, you know, lead me closer to the Lord. And, you know, I wanted all the things they tell you to want in a good Christian marriage. But I wanted that so badly that it was coming in between me wanting to know Jesus more. So I gave that to God that day. Um, I've, I've tried to take it back sometimes. <laughs> God is gracious. But since then, I've really come to learn in a way that I think some of my peers who got married younger um, about fully trusting and relying on God, that they couldn't get that lesson the same way that I have. Um, they've gotten it in other ways. You know, God is good and he, he, he takes care of us and teaches us all. But I've learned so much that God really does provide what we need, um, not always what we want. But like times when I thought, you know, something as simple as I'm going to the airport and I don't know who's going to drop me off and pick me up. There have been people that God has provided in my life, and in that way, He's taking care of me and the the needs and the worries that I have about being alone in the world. Yep. He shows me that I'm not because He's right there and He's provided such a community around me as well. That's really cool. So <clears throat> unlike Hallmark, yeah. which would say like every, I mean, we all know the plot line for every Hallmark mm-hmm. movie ever made, right? This hard-working woman in the city mm-hmm. she makes her way back to her hometown this guy on the farm you know it's mm-hmm. like that's how she finds herself mm-hmm. she finds this guy and then her life is now complete and it sounds like god has shown you that he completes you every step mm-hmm. of the day every day your faith in him yeah. grows as you trust him and i think that's something that you know the the those romance movies that I've loved, I still love. Don't get me wrong. I watch a chick flick and I, I cry my eyes out. To all the boys I love, three came out on Netflix and I watched it the day it came out. I cried so much. It was beautiful. <laughs> you watch any movie and you cry. <laughs> okay, listen, <laughs> that is true. I do cry at every movie I watch, but specifically, um, you know, and that idea of that. Uh, 
lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I got emotional. We're talking about rom-coms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that idea of um, usually behind that rom-com is that neither person is complete until they meet each other. And it's that idea of soulmates, you know, you can't be fully realized until you have that relationship. And God has showed me I'm the one who fully realizes who you are. I created you. And I know every inner part of your being. I know every aspect to your personality. And you getting to know another member of my creation is not going to make you your penultimate being. That's through me. And you won't get that until you're made perfect in my presence. So you have found Mr. Right. I have in a way, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) His his name's Jesus, though. (laughs) He is, yes. That's great. Um, we 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 look at the spheres of relationships that that we have, and you know. So thank you for sharing. This is how I've grown spiritually uh, through my singleness. Um, uh, Mike, did you have anything to to add to that? Well, I think one of the when you talk about the gift of marriage versus the gift of singleness, um, you know, Paul talks about how it's better to be single because you're not distracted by the things of this world. Um, because the single person can be fully devoted to the Lord and the married person is distracted by trying to please their, their husband or their wife. How would you say that you've seen the gift of singleness has enabled you to serve others around you? Yeah, I think just in a practical way, when I am making my schedule for the week, I don't have to double check with anybody else about what else is going on. Uh, If there is an opening in my schedule and an opportunity to serve, I can do that without needing to check in with anyone else. Um, But I think too, in in more of a, in a larger way, um, when you're choosing where you serve, um, you know, what you wanna be involved in, when you're married, when you have a immediate family, you know, a spouse and children um, that often come with marriage, um, you have to keep everyone in mind yeah. when you are seeking how to serve the Lord. Uh, when I am seeking how to serve, I have myself and my relationship with the Lord in mind. There's not as much to, to muddy up the waters, so to speak, in trying to see what God is telling me. Um, And so sometimes I think decisions to go on trips as a chaperone or to go on a trip, a mission trip to serve or to commit to a Saturday morning event, you know, I don't need to, it's an easier choice in the moment for me to be able to make. Yeah, you only have like your work schedule that you have to balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I think, you know, along the lines of it frees you up in a sense and you're like, if someone has a need, Mm -hmm. you could in the middle of the night drop everything and go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas Josh and myself, like Josh, especially if he just gets up and leaves in the middle of the night, (laughs) the kids are probably going to be really scared. (laughs) Um, They're going to be like, what in the world's going on? Uh, but not only just in serving, I think uh, it allows you a greater like breadth of friendships mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just having to dive into, uh, that sounds really bad, diving into a relationship <laughs> with just one person. Uh, no, I, I think you're right because 
you know, people debate you know, if for a married couple, should your spouse be your best friend or would you call someone else outside your, your I would argue you call your spouse your best friend. You know, you see <laughs> so you have a really deep relationship, mm-hmm. but then, you know, the ability to develop more deep relationships outside the marriage, you only have so much time to do that. So I think that's a really unique aspect to the gift. I appreciate you sharing that. That, I mean, your calendars, I'm not going to say totally free, right? <laughs> I'm not, not going to say it just because you're single. It fills up pretty quick, let me time. tell you. You have the same amount of hours in a day as we do to read the Bible, to pray. Um, but, to, but, be, but, but to be able to serve and, mm-hmm. and be free to move about and, and minister, that's a special gift. So yeah. you're like the Apostle Paul in our church, um, you know, but a lady. And I think um, that's one thing that I've really learned in my singleness about relationships with other people. Um, segue. Um, <laughs> uh, what I have really cherished uh, in my singleness is having a wide spectrum of friends. You know, I have some friends who are married with kids. And I have some friends who are married without kids. And I have some friends who are uh, seriously dating. And I have some friends that are single Pringles just like I am. And um, <laughs> what's, what's really cool about the way that God designed his church is that we're supposed to have varied relationships like that. And because I'm single and don't necessarily have, you know, I have a roommate, um, my sister now, um, <laughs> Who I so I was gonna say I don't have someone to go home to, but I do. Um, shout out to Carrie, don't be mad at me. Um, <laughs> but uh, because I need to seek out those deep relationships, they aren't as readily available to me um, some sometimes as I feel like a marriage relationship can be. But that means that I have a lot of freedom to be able to build close relationships with lots of different people. Um, that's one thing that's always bothered me about sometimes the way that groups structure themselves is when we separate out people in different stages, whatever that stage is. Um, like we kind of isolate yeah, and stick in our we, silos. We miss phrase. really valuable lessons. Like I, can, I do not know what it's like to be married in my 20s because I'm not. And there are lessons that God is teaching Mike that I can benefit from hearing so that I don't have to go through sometimes the, the trial in order to learn that lesson <laughs> uh, or the, the hard experience. I can learn that lesson and bring it into my life so that when I come to a hard uh, you know, choice or event, I've already heard the lessons that God has given Mike. And so I don't have to... Uh, <laughs> you know, flounder about on my own. Uh, but there are things that I'm learning being single that are so important for my married friends to know. Mm-hmm. And even something as simple as my friends with kids, like I love children. I'm a built-in babysitter. They don't probably won't even have to pay me that much. You know, just like <laughs> buy me some food that I can eat while I'm there. Just like 30 bucks an hour and yeah. you'll be good. <laughs> right? <laughs> not, not even that, just buy me a pizza and I will be happy. Um, but you know, I, I have a perspective in my life that my married friends don't Mm -hmm. and we need each other's perspectives. That's why God put us together as a church. He didn't, 
you know, form the, the married church and then the married with children church and then the empty nesters church and then the single church. He formed the church. And we need each other. We do. We do. And the having the gift of singleness allows me sometimes, I think, to see really clearly the variety of ways that God is teaching us to help each other. Um, I've learned so many lessons about, um, you know, patience and learning how to, uh, learning how to sacrifice on behalf of someone else by hearing stories of my friends who are married that I will not know on my own because it's, you know, different having a roommate and living with them versus living with your spouse. Um, there are lessons about um, love and and uh, and what what it looks like to be a model of Christ in the church. I can't participate in that model, and so if I don't have access to close relationships with people who are married, I will never see that model played out for me. Right. So it's important to me to see good examples of people whom I'm close to and can talk to and really get deep with who are married. And it's important for them to see me because I'm a picture of what it looks like to, you know, be fully focused on serving the Lord, to not have the, the <laughs> distraction of marriage. Yeah, no, that I, I appreciate you saying that because married couples need singles. We need to see Jesus in you. Mm-hmm. And, and you need access to married couples to be able to see Jesus in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of going off script here, but, um, you know, for a married couple listening in, like, I don't know, we feel like maybe it's awkward to have a single person as, as a third wheel. We don't want to make them <laughs> feel awkward by inviting them to out to lunch with us after church. What, what would you say to them? Um, yeah. If that dilemma arose. <laughs> so I always joke with all my married friends that I'm a professional third wheel and I <laughs> I have gotten I thrive as the third wheel. Like we can be yes. a cute little tricycle all together. It'll be great. <laughs> um, but genuinely I think um the biggest thing is just to remember you know, singleness and marriage, I think a lot of times we think of them as like a continuum. Right? So like I am single moving towards being married. That's not what God tells us is the case. No, it's not. That's that's not what it is in the Bible. It's that we are put in different life situations, just like, you know, I work as an administrative assistant at the Baptist State Convention and Mike is a pastor at a church. Um I'm not working to become a pastor at a church, and Mike is not working to become an administrative worker at the convention. You can make the argument with student ministry as well. People look at student ministry and say, yeah. oh, you're a student pastor, so that means you're working towards becoming a senior pastor one yeah. day. And no, I'm working to be a student pastor and to love students well. Yeah, and so um, I think you know, there's no reason to feel awkward about hanging out with someone who is single because... You know, I'm not. It, it, I'm not, you know, in stasis waiting for my man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I am living my life as someone who is single, and that's what God has called me to, and the the situation that God has put me in for His purpose and His glory. And God has put you in your situation of being married, mm-hmm. and 
you know, if we just kind of get past that whole idea that like, I can't talk to someone who's not in my stage of life. That's like saying, I can't talk to someone, you know, I can't serve as a, as a uh, leader in the youth because I'm not a teenager anymore. So I am physically unable to speak to teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you do that, you cut off discipleship in the church. Mm-hmm. Like you can, there's so many examples of that, but like if our senior adults, and I'm not trying to say this is what they do, but if our senior adults only ever hang out with senior adult people, they're never going to be able to follow the biblical mm-hmm. command for older men and women to teach younger men and women. And yeah, and yeah. if we, if, if, if us cool, hip, young adult folks just hang out with other cool, hip, young adult folks, right. then we are missing so much wisdom that God has given older generations, and we are missing the opportunity to help guide and shape the faith of those younger than us. It's, yep. it's like cutting off the life support that God has given us in the church. Um, so I would say if you're married and you have a friend who is single and you're like, wow, I don't know if I should invite them to lunch. Yes, you should. You should invite them to lunch. You should go to, well, probably not right now because we are in a pandemic. That's uh, yeah. But like one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> we'll get there. Hypothetical world. There's no pandemic. Yeah. Or <laughs> you want to have a nice little picnic outside, six feet apart distance. That's great. Perfect. Go ahead and do that. We're all, we're all just people. We're all trying to become more and more like Christ. Um, and the other small bit of advice I would like to give, because it is a bit of a pet peeve of mine, um, please do not go to your single friends and uh, ask them, uh, you know, oh, did you see so-and-so today? I heard they're also single. Uh, and you two <laughs> would look so cute together. You could really serve the Lord together because guess what? We're already thinking it. (laughs) In my mind, trust me, for me, um, if there is another person who is single, the thought will have crossed my mind at some point getting to know them. Oh, is this God introducing me to my future husband right now? Should I like mentally dictate every moment, you know, write it down so that way I can, you know, recite it to our future children? Like, okay. So you don't need help with that? No, I don't. I don't. (laughs) And, you know, the kind of comments like, oh, well, God will, you know, God, he... Your future husband probably just isn't ready for you yet. So when God prepares him, then that'll be the right time. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a nice sentiment, but it makes singleness feel less like a gift and more like a purgatory. It's also like, that's one of those dangers of, hey, I'm going to make a promise to you on behalf of God. Yes. And God yeah. could have already told you, hey, actually, no, you are going to be single. Mm-hmm. And that's... Mm-hmm. That's where I have you in life. And you've come to grips with that. And other people mm-hmm. are trying to wreak havoc on that without knowing it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just, it's the same thing as when, um, I don't know, when someone is looking for a new job. And you tell them, well, God will have that perfect job right there for you. you. You don't, you know, the next job they get might be one that they get just to pay the bills. Yep. And that's okay because God wanted them there too. Yeah. Um, He's given you exactly what you need. Exactly what you need you. for for this moment that you're in. And so just, just come alongside your single friend and talk about whatever you're watching on Netflix. Yeah. And guess what? You'll be talking for like 30 minutes at least. <laughs> Great. Just like us. Yeah. So um, I guess to wrap, wrap up, <clears throat> what are some benefits? You mentioned serving the Lord, having freedom to, to move around in your schedule. What other benefits have you received personally from the gift of singleness? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
being single has taught me a lot about um, flexibility, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um, and we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but just the fact that if I have a friend who is um, going through a really rough time, really needs to talk to someone, a lot of times I can drop what I'm doing and go see them or get on a FaceTime with them. Um, it could be 10 o'clock at night, uh, and I might be a little loopy when we're hanging out because I'm getting sleepy, but um, <laughs> I can, you know, hop on a voice call with um, people. I've, I've also really learned a lot in um, being single uh, about uh, reaching a lot of my friends who are lost, who... They're, they're very used to a particular idea of what Christianity looks like, um, which a lot of times is the, you know, family going to church on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And when I can say, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a single gal getting my behind out of bed to go to church service on Sunday mornings because that's how much I love the Lord, it adds a new dimension to my witness that wouldn't ring true if I were, you know, married already. Um, That's true. A lot of people kind of would just expect that. Yeah. You know, when you have kids, now people think, oh, I guess we should start, get, get back in the habit of mm-hmm. going to church, right, for the kids. And But what a witness that you have no external obligation, you know, in a personal relationship with someone else. It's mm-hmm. because you love the Lord. Yeah. And I think, too, it's shown me a lot about how to just help disciple others because I went through a lot of self-doubt and self-hate um, when I was younger not being in any sort of relationship feeling like I, my self-worth was nothing uh, because no one saw me as valuable it is so easy for me to speak into the lives of other people who are struggling with that same feeling you know when I had my whole life I mean like I said, since I was five, I wanted to be married. <laughs> and um, you get to you get to you know eighteen and you <laughs> haven't been on a real date ever before. and you think that's what life is all about. And you have to really wrestle with how where where you put your own value. And I learn that my value comes from God and the fact that he loves me and he called me to be his daughter and his princess his you know i'm a co-heir with christ uh and so when people struggle with these sort of feelings whether it's because of relationships or other things you know not feeling good enough because their value is in their work and they're not getting the job they want or their value is in um whatever it might be, I have a really poignant story that I can point to to people and say, like, this is what I put my whole being into, and I still don't have that thing, and I am better for it because it helped me learn more about who God says that I am, not who I said I was or who anyone else said that I was, but who God has claimed me as and called me to become. And we certainly see you becoming like Jesus. We see him shine through you. And um, just want to thank you for using your gift 
that's one of the many gifts that you bring <laughs> to our body and Kaylin. Um, so thank you so much for taking time to share about your gift, your personal story, and, and what Christ has been teaching you. And I want to encourage you, Salem Baptist Church, get to know the awesome people around you mm-hmm. in our church family. Different stages of life. You never met them before. You might have nothing in common except you love the same Savior. And, and that's enough to get the conversation going for sure. Mm-hmm. Any final words from our two awesome first-timers on the podcast? <laughs> if, I, if I said anything else, I'd probably keep us going for like another 30 minutes. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, we um, like to talk, you yeah. and I. Like I said, we'll, we'll come back to part two later. Or, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get another theme and, and get you guys in here. But, Kaylin, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Mike, thank you, thank you for sharing the missions moment and joining the conversation with us. Salem, you have a great week.